unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Ladies and gentlemen, we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, fresh here, ready to bring you the Raw and Scripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush. And it is a beautiful Tuesday evening here in Southern California. It's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're here every single week, whether you're here live or watching us on the replay. We love you. Our misfits for life. We love you. We love you. We love you. And if you're watching this live or on the replay, as always, you're invited to ask questions of myself and my guest. And that's whether we're watching live or on the replay, because we always come back and we answer those questions and we love doing that stuff. So uh, we appreciate you being here every single week. You guys are my misfits for life. You guys know that. Um, my intention with bringing this show to you every single week, whether it's myself or with a guest, is really for you to open up your mind, expand your perspectives, change your belief patterns, really take a deep dive and look at some of the areas of your life that may be holding you back, that may be causing you some frustration, where you can actually dig into really reframe some of the beliefs that you have about yourself and some of the things that have stemmed from your childhood and from other experiences that from this show, we want you to rewrite your beliefs about that because honestly, life happens for you. It doesn't happen to you. And part of my main goal in this world is to take that opportunity of everything that I've been through and all the different people that I coach. And again, help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now I get people uh, challenge me every once in a while. Like, what do you mean my self-created crap, Chris? I'm like, listen, here's the situation. It's not your fault that stuff happened to you. It is your fault if you continue to use it as a source of your victimhood and a source of playing it safe and all that other stuff and using it as excuses why you're not happy and successful. So yes, your self-created crap, absolutely. Put your head up and down, ladies and gentlemen, because you got to take responsibility for where it is in your life. And that's what I do this show for is to bring you the energy, bring you the straight shit to be able to um, magnify the opportunity for you to look at things a little bit differently. How about that? I wouldn't be sitting here today if I did not have that journey in my own life. And I know from the people that I've coached, the people I've spoken to and mentored and everything else in between, um, I know this shit works. So I invite you to grab a pen and paper and sit back because tonight's show is going to be awesome. I've got an amazing guest who I'm going to bring here in just a second. Uh, I'm going to give a couple of people a chance to get in here because I know you guys are always late and I come cruising in because you know Christopher's going to be gabbing and stuff like that. But here's a situation. I want to set the intention for you guys in 2022. We're going to be starting the show right off the bat. We're going to be really getting into stuff because I don't want to waste your time and I definitely want to maximize the value for the people who are watching this. So again, get here on time every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Put it in your calendars. Make sure it happens. Um, and here's another thing I want to talk about just before we bring my beautiful guest on. Helphealhumanity.org. If you guys don't know, if you haven't watched the show before, haven't listened to the show before, I'm on the board of directors for helphealhumanity.org. I am the vice president of communications and whatnot. Uh, more importantly, helphealhumanity.org is an organization that I obviously firmly believe in. And it's an opportunity for us to either work together in a voluntary, voluntary aspect. If you're interested in doing some volunteer work, please go there, check it out. We have uh, all sorts of different volunteer positions. We got a lot of stuff opening up for next year. Uh, we're doing stuff like yoga for humanity. We're doing stuff like business for humanity, education for humanity. 
sports for humanity, all the different things for humanity, because what we want to do is we want you to take your specific gifts and your talents and put those to work and raise money so that we can help heal humanity overall. I'm on the USA board, so we're going to be dealing with uh, such important issues as obviously um, uh, food insufficiencies food insecurities, um, rehabilitation, education, education for our prison our prisoners coming out of the prison system. We have that on tap. Um, obviously, our uh, mentoring our at-risk youth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love for you to be a part of that. So uh, I know Serena watches the show and she would kill me if she didn't see me do that. So there we are. Um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you are watching the show and you haven't been on the show before, if you haven't watched the show, introduce yourself. I just saw Bob coming in here. Bob says the audio is terrible. Reverb is very hard to understand. How is that? You guys hear reverb? I don't hear any reverb. That's crazy. Who hears reverb? Anybody else? I apologize for that, Bob. That's crazy. Um, we that's interesting. Anybody else hear crazy reverb? Because I don't hear any crazy reverb, but it's not to say that it's not happening. So, Bob, thank you so much for being here. At any rate, boys and girls, uh, Angel says here, she goes, Hi there, I hear you fine. Okay, so Bob, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Brenda's here. She says, not for me. So whew, you scared me, man. You scared me. I literally had like 30 seconds to get the computer running and get up on the show. So, uh, you kind of freaked me out, but, uh, thank you for being here, Bob. Hopefully it is, uh, Bob says here, he goes, let me reconnect. Maybe it's me. Sorry about that. No problem. No problem. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have an, I have an awesome guest for you tonight. I made the mistake of not checking the pronunciation of her name before we get started. So she's going to probably beat me over the head, but Alexis McQuellen, McKellen, McQuellen. I see her in the background. She's like, I'm going to punch you. Uh, Alexis and I have been connected by our dear friend, Angel up here. So Angel, thank you so much for connecting us. And Alexis and I have had a couple of conversations uh, on zoom. We had an Instagram live last week and we've been connected in the background, just, you know, chiming in with different stuff and thoughts about life and uh, the ladies fire. I mean, plain and simple, plain and simple fire. So write the stuff down that she's going to be teaching you tonight and let's connect on that. Um, we got Ray in the house. What's up, Ray? Thank you so much for being. He says, good evening. This fits for life. So without any further ado, please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, my dear sister from another Mr. Alexis McQuellen. Hey, McQuellen. Right. I said right, right? There you go. You said like McQuillan. Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what I, said, I said it wrong on IG, right? Didn't you say I said it wrong on IG? I don't know. I can't remember now, but it, it, it's McQuillan. You have it. You got it. McQuillan. Okay. See, McQuillan, McQuillan, tomato, tomato. How are you doing, beautiful? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited. How I'm really excited, too. I'm really excited, too, because you have um, such interesting insights and perspectives. Actually, I was just reading your Facebook post today, and I just want to applaud you. Uh, if you guys aren't connected, please go connect with her. We're going to give you the social media links here towards the end of our show because we don't want you to go checking that stuff out right away. But no, I've been excited to speak with you as well on this particular show on this topic because you have such a dynamic way of looking at things. You're you're young, but yet you're also really deep in this journey of introspection and self-discovery and more importantly, taking responsibility for where you're at and really being curious about the, the journey that we're all on because you're a coach yourself and you guide people through transformations and being able to take a look at some of the areas in their life, which isn't working for them. So I just want to kind of jump off with, uh, tell me more about yourself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. See, let me tell you about more about yourself. Um, so again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we jump into this, feel free to ask us any questions, uh, any questions. She likes any questions. Um, we're here to help and serve you. But when you think about, you know, going through this journey, one of the things, Alexis, that I have struggled with recently, and I love your thoughts on this. We didn't talk about this in IG, but 
a lot of people are talking about, you know, what is truth and what is false in the news media and everything else that's going on around us. And I know when we're taking a look at our own personal journeys and we're jumping into that kind of stuff, we have to look at our truths, right? And we have to look at our truths, you know, for me in writing the book about my mom and looking at the, the situation of being me being homeless and all the different uh, adverse situations, let's say that I've been through with my mom, I had certain truths based on how I was when I was going through those experiences. But now my truth has started to shift now that I'm an adult, now that I can look at things with a different perspective on a different belief system. Talk to us about your journey in in, in really trying to un uncover some of the stuff that has maybe not been so positive in your life. How have you been able to look at the truth of your life and be able to distinguish between some of maybe somebody else's truth and what the truth you're realizing now? That's a great question. Um, the first thing that comes to me is I mean, we all know it. it's like what I, I go into every situation knowing that it's happening for me. It's not happening to me. Right. And so if I look at all of these experiences in my life that could be deemed as trauma or painful, I look at it and I'm like, what did I learn in that experience? And that, that right there is my truth because we go through life learning lessons, um, and opening our, we open ourselves up to these experiences and we attract them. And so that that's the truth right there. Um, honestly, that, that's my answer. <laughs> so what, when, when you're thinking about that, and obviously I know from my personal story, going back and talking to some of the people that I've had experiences with and asking them, what was your perspective about a situation that we were in? Everybody else has their truth too. What's your, what's your perspective on that? And realizing how do you negotiate the two different truths when you're trying to find out the real truth of a situation? Um, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, First thing I do is I look within. So for example, I'm trying to think of like something that happened to me recently, for me recently. Um, I look within. Man, you're hitting me with hard questions right off the gate. Right off the well, gate. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example for me. When I was thinking about when I was when I was writing the book the other day, and for those of you guys who are new to the show, I'm writing a book about my mom and my story of being homeless and different situations that we had been through, me taking care of her, blah, blah, blah. And so when I went to go write the book originally, when she was still here, she said, you're going to paint me out to be this bad person. And I said, no, mom, I'm not going to paint you out to be a bad person. I'm just going to tell the truth, the truth of how I see it. And she goes, well, your truth and my truth will be different. And so since I've been writing the book, when I write something, I sit there and I say, okay, there's my truth based on the six-year-old kid. There's, there's the truth of now how I see it as a 52-year-old man. But also I have to look at it. Well, what was her truth? And if she was here, what I wanted to do when I told her originally that the subset of the book was, okay, you're going to, we're going to pick 10 stories that we're probably going to have different opinions and perspectives on, and you're going to give your side of it. I'm going to give my side of it. And then we're going to come together and talk about those and really come up with this, what is the real truth that we can help people really understand? Because it's all based on our perspectives. It's all based on our, our backgrounds and all the conditioning that we've gone through when we were kids. So for me now, I try to see it in terms of what her truth is, but there's that, there's that, that discussion, like how do I resolve? my truth with her truth and what do you think about that from where you've been because you got family members you got friends and they see things a certain way and now you're trying to negotiate what the real truth is and really trying to understand where it is that you're at now does that make more sense yeah yeah, yeah. that does make more sense and actually it's so interesting and um i don't know if she's gonna see this but hopefully she'll be okay with it but literally right before i got on this call i received um, a text message from one of my family members and she was really hurt and pissed off at me because um, whenever I show up to family occasions, she feels ignored or she feels like um, I choose to um, go into conversations with everybody else in the family and I just completely ignore her. 
And I'm like, wait a second. I don't feel like I ignore her. But then I had to like look within. I'm like, okay, when I go into my family situations, what do I do? Oh, I go into my family situations feeling like I can be comfortable and I don't need to entertain and I don't need to speak really. I kind of just go and sit back and observe and listen. And if somebody, you know, asks me a question, of course, I'm going to have a conversation with them. And then I was looking at her and I'm like, well, I could see how she would feel like her truth is she's feeling this way because whatever wounding is going on there. And so I, I, I'm able to like look at both situations of like, oh, I could see how she'd think I was ignoring her, but like really what's happening is I'm in my own little world. And so those are two different truths. And I feel like um, coming to an agreement on, this is how I was feeling, this is how you're feeling, but this is the actual truth in the situation. Yes. And nobody's wrong. Yeah, okay. that's not, that's the point. That's the point I'm getting at <clears throat> because so many people nowadays, uh, whether it's a coaching situation, a family situation, a friend situation, honestly, that's the way I look at it. Nobody's wrong. I mean, take, for example, what's going on with COVID and everything else. And you and I have had these little back chats about that. You know, when I sit there, I hear so many people, like, well, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. It's like, no, they're actually right in their own mind based on the facts and based on everything and the conditioning and the people they have in their life. They think they're absolutely right. So there really isn't any quote unquote wrong. And I think for people to really start getting maximum benefit out of this conversation is we invite you guys not to look at things in terms of right or wrong, but look at things in terms of what can you discover about yourself and how can you grow in your own personal truth? What do you think about that? Yeah, I love that. Um, and as far as like right or wrong, like we, like we were just saying, there is no wrong. Um, there's only what we see, but like, un, like what I do, what I really want to do is basically like, let's go back to like politics, maybe or COVID, not too deep, but basically like, let's say there's somebody that's like really into vaccinations and they're, this person's really not into vaccination. Like what's the underlying commonality here? Fear, right? And so that right there is the truth. There's fear on both sides. Does that answer your question? I know I went a little off course. No, 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 it's true. I mean, because when you think about what fears are, you know, for me, people are afraid of the truth. And that's why they're always going to short-term gratifications or ignoring stuff or they're blaming or pontificating. They're not taking responsibility, which is something I applaud you for. And I applaud everybody who takes that step and, and really trying to determine where is it along our path that we did get afraid and we did get scared and we did get insecure. So that we started perhaps making up truths for ourselves that protect us and keep us safe and certain. What are your thoughts on that? Because when I think about life, you know, I think about it in terms of some people are trying to be certain and safe and that's kind of the way I was. And then you got people out there who are, who are ready to risk and to be vulnerable and to grow. Um, what are your thoughts on being able to shift from, from going from that safety and security into that, that wanting to risk to be vulnerable and risk to be, um, to grow and to be authentic? That's such a good question. So how I feel about this is recognizing what the fear, what's the, what is the insecurity? What is, what is, actually holding you back from growing and evolving and making change well the safety and security comes from our ego and our ego is here it's our defense mechanism it's here to protect us but in my my thoughts are what is it protecting us from because for so long it's come to the forefront and it's creating the storyline of well you can't go do this because you don't know what's on the other side of change and the problem is it's it's come to the forefront for too long and now we're not making change and we are not looking at like what are our belief structures and what is our identity and overcoming them because our ego is creating this mental chatter and it's it's like this is what's going to keep you safe and secure when in all reality it's not it's not doing any good for you 
Mm. So talk to us about some of the, some of the fears you've had to overcome in your life and how did you, how did you shift your perspective on one, on one or two of them? Yeah. Oh, so many fears, so many fears. Um, going back to truth, I would say speaking my truth was a huge fear and telling my story because I was afraid to be judged, rejected. And I was afraid that like people didn't want to listen to me. And I was afraid that people didn't think I was going to be interesting and I was going to be boring. Like they didn't want to hear what I had to say. And once I uncovered like, oh, actually that's not my storyline. Like that's not my authentic self. That's my ego creating this whatever to protect me. That's when I was able to separate myself from the ego and be like, okay, so how do I actually feel? What do I actually know? I know that people want to hear what I have to say. I know that people want to hear my story and, and they want to listen to me tell my truth. And so I think just creating the separation between ego and authentic self was a, I, I was able to overcome my fears. Mm. Did you find a lot of those fears were based on childhood conditioning that happened from your parents and from people that, that, that loved and cared about you the most? Absolutely. I mean, everything comes from, it's all back to childhood, right? All of our wounding comes back from there. Um, you know, I'm sure I can think of several stories in which that maybe I felt that my voice was tampered down at this moment. I can't, but yeah, I feel like all of our fears come back from our childhood and our experiences. But not only that, something that I've been realizing recently is we as children learn from our parents and authorities and our teachers and who's around us. And so when all these people, cause everybody has their own wounds. So we're paying attention to this. And, and then once we see our parent that, that is experiencing this wound, then we start taking on the same wounds. Um, and so if they're afraid of, let's say, you know, your parents are afraid of traveling all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well maybe I'm afraid of traveling. And that's like a, you know, such a small thing, but, um, I think that a lot of our fears and anxieties actually do come from our childhood and our parenting. It does. It's so true. And just for, for those of you guys watching this, here's, here's the best explanation that I can, that I can think of about talking about the conditioning process that we, we went through as kids. You know, when I have my son, he's five years old now. Yay. You made it to five. Uh, I'm still here. Um, when I think about, you know, truth. So when we tell people the truth, what is, what is the opposite of a truth? A lie. So we tell people, it's bad to lie. You should always tell the truth. Think about our childhood conditioning. What happened when Alexis told the truth the first time that Alexis wasn't supposed to tell the truth? Oh, Alexis, don't say that. Don't say that. We don't say that. Um, we have this thing called a little white lie. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. So we want you to not tell them the exact truth, but don't lie to them either. Okay. We're four years old. We're trying to process. Okay. Well, so there's a, there's a, there's this thing called a lie that I can get away with that if I do it in such a way, I won't hurt anybody's feelings and I won't get in trouble. Wow. Um, and by the way, uh, mom, dad, uh, who's, who's Santa Claus and who's the tooth fairy and who's, uh, who's the Easter bunny. Oh, those are figments. Those are things that we made up that we, we lied to you about. Um, but yeah, they don't exist. And, uh, by the way, you should always listen to everything we say because we're always right. And then we sit there and say, okay, so you did that about that. What else, what else is untrue? What else is, what else do I need to pick apart? Because the truth of the matter is guys, we are born at nine months without our emotional intelligence, the part of our brain where the emotional intelligence is actually formed. So we have to learn that outside of the womb. So who are our caretakers for those first five years, our parents, our teachers, our brothers and sisters and society and our family members. And so all of that goes into our brains and we have to try to process all that stuff at such a young age that nobody ever comes back and says, Hey, Christopher, Hey, Alexis, let's talk about fear. 
here. Hey, let's talk about what the real truth of the situation is. Sometimes the truth is going to hurt, but it's going to set you free. No, they only want the truth on their conditions, on their terms, but yet they teach us how to get away with these little white lies. And so I think that's fascinating from a, from a standpoint of, you know, to your point, who am I? Who am I? When I, when I left corporate and part of this conversation, when you're talking about ego, you know, for me goes into identity, like thinking about who is Christopher Roush? Because I, at one point in my life, I thought I was the labels that everybody assigned to me. I thought I was the labels that I earned. Like I'm Christopher Roush. I have a master's degree. So I'm a smart person. I'm Christopher Roush. I've been at the job for 20 years. So I must be a stable person, all these different things. It's amazing when you don't have the construct of what those labels were formed from. And if they suddenly disappear, you're sitting there freezing your ass off going, okay, I don't have the labels <laughs> to protect me anymore. Who am I? What advice do you have for people? I know that are going through all the different shifts that have been going on for the last couple of years. How can we get in touch with really truly who we are to be able to embrace that journey? Cause I, I'm, I'm, I know personally part of it sucked really bad. Um, but on the other side of that suck is a lot of, a lot of personal self gratification for having gone through that and felt that uncomfortableness and that awkwardness and also a, a newer sense of awareness and confidence in the fact that I can really operate in now what is my truth. And my truth is that, that I'm a soul having this human experience and I'm so grateful for everything that happens in my life. Um, it's truly amazing. So what are your thoughts on some of that, that we can help people reconnect with their true self and, and kind of ditch this false identity? Well, I feel like the biggest part is, um, I mean, it's a few factors. It's presence. Um, like you just said, we are a soul. We are a spiritual being having a human experience, yet we're trapped in our thoughts all day and what we need to do each day. And we create these pile high to-do lists. And like, we're not like, that's not what life's about. Like we're here to be present and like really develop a connection with ourself and this beautiful experience we're having. So that's number one is presence connecting with your authentic self will come through the stillness um, of your stillness and, and becoming present. Second thing is understanding, like I said before, you know, all the thoughts, the negative thinking, the, the limiting beliefs, all of this stuff that just doesn't feel good. I want people to start recognizing that as ego. I want, I want them to separate from that. So that's number two. So third thing is we have all of these subconscious Things that we learned from childhood, our patterns, our beliefs, our habits that are operating under the surface that we are not even aware of. And so I feel like it's important to tap into the body, tap into how we feel and bring up all of this bullshit that's happening. Am I allowed to cuss? Oh, yes. Okay. 100%. Fuck. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> bring it, sister. Yeah. Tear it. So, uh, bringing up all of these um, things that are happening under, under the surface. So we no longer let them affect us anymore because once we pull all this crazy bullshit up, then we start tapping into like our authentic self. We're starting to realize like, okay, this is me. This is not me. This chaos. Does that make right. sense? So those are my three things, presence, ego, and understanding yourself on a deeper level. Mm, I love it. I love it. We have some new people in the house. What's up, Susan Day? Susan Day is in the house. She's like throwing us a heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lynn Serrano, my sister from another mister. She says here, hello, beautiful peeps. Um, Susan says she shared it. Thank you so much, Susan, for sharing this. We appreciate you. Angel says raw. And I told you my sister from my other sister from another Mr. Serena's here. So Serena, I was talking about you at the top of the show. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, Serena's my badass sister. We're on Help Heal Humanity. We're going to help heal humanity all across the world. We're going to have Alexis help us. Uh, we got Ray saying hi to everybody. 
So thinking about and continuing that conversation for me, you know, joining it with fear. Um, one of the biggest fears that I had throughout my life was that I was going to be found out. Right. Um, talk to us about your experience. If you've had any experience with imposter syndrome, right. Thinking that you're one way and, and hoping that you're never going to be discovered by the people. And, but ultimately realizing that once we let go of that, we can really discover who we are. But I've got a few, uh, stories about imposter syndrome. Did you ever struggle with that? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I was aware of this. I was really lucky to work under, um, his name's Will Hurst. And, um, one of the concepts he taught me about imposter syndrome. And I was like, well, I don't really want to deal with that when I become a coach, but I already did. And that was when I was telling my story. And that one was, was when I started creating posts and getting myself out there. So you know what I did to get over imposter syndrome? I took the leap and I put on Facebook and I put on my Instagram. And at that time I was a natal astrologer. So I was like, I like really just know the basics of astrology, but I'm going to call myself an astrologer now because like, I don't really have that many followers. I'm going to call myself this right now to overcome imposter syndrome. So by the time that I started just gaining some more following, I had already been calling myself that. And by that time I'd studied so much that I was like, well, I could call myself an astrologer now. So that was my way of getting over it. But yeah, I had a deep fear of imposter syndrome. Um, but I didn't want to feel that way. So that was my step into overcoming. So you did a little bit of act as if. Yes. Yes. I love that. I was telling somebody the other day, I used to say fake it till you make it, but now I say act as if, because if you put yourself and you put your mindset and your body in that physiological, physiological state, it, it doesn't know the difference between real reality and perceived reality. I tell people all the time, have you ever had a bad dream? Yes. Okay. What happened? I woke up and I thought I was, you know, being chased by somebody. And I'm like, how did you feel? Like, oh my God, I felt like it actually happened. I'm like, yeah. Did anything happen? No, but your mind was so strong and the power of belief and the power of visualization that your body manifested those reactions. So yes, you can do the same thing in your life. You have to put the power into your brain and visualize that, but act as if, you know, I tell people all the time, like, oh, I want to be this. I want to be this. I'm like, how would that person act if they already had it? Ooh, what kind, of, what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of tips do you do in, in that situation? Do you ever employ that? Uh, which part of what you just said? Sorry. The visualization part. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I do, I do believe in visualization. Um, but now it's more so like I do that, but I don't like hang on to that because my, what I dealt with in the past was like, I was way too far in the future. I would visualize like, I'm this person, I do this and this and this. But when I did that, I created the expectation of like, I need to be here now. And what happened was like, okay, it, it, it never lined up with my timeline. And so now like I do have, you know, goals and I do, you know, visualize things, but now like I really stick to the present moment because I feel like that's where the raw, the juiciness, richness, richness comes from. How, how do you do that? Because with so much stuff going on, so many different inputs and things are going on in that nature. That's one of the things that I made has made a, a big impact in my life is to be present in those moments because I was that person that was always in plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and, and yeah. certainty and safety, like I was talking about before. To be in those moments, the the amount of vulnerability to to surrender and not be in control is for me, it was it was scary and uncomfortable and everything else and awkward. But as I do it more, I find that that's really what life is about is just being in those moments and not being so caught up in the what ifs and the should have been's and the could have been's. Yes. How do we, how do we walk people into that, 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 that space that, that can really feel, you know, so foreign to most people. Yeah. Uh, I resonate with everything that you just said, because I was that person too. I mean, actually, yeah, I was that person. I was the overanalyzer or the overthinker and 
I remember, um, you know, going out or, you know, hanging out with people and then the, and at the end of the night or right in the morning, I would rethink my entire day and be like, how did I fuck up? Ooh. And I was like, I do not want to feel this way anymore. So what I did was there's three steps I'll give you. And there, and it's only three that I'm going to give today. Um, I definitely teach this in my conscious ascension program, just a little plug. Um, but in order to become present, one of the things that I did was when I, I reckon, I would recognize when I wasn't present throughout my day. And that was the first step. So whenever I was in my head, I'd be like, Oh, I'm not present right now, but I would just make the recognition. I would just notice, I wouldn't, you know, place anything on it. I just like, I'm not present right now, but I would do that over and over and over again. And the more I did it, I was like, Whoa, I'm not present a lot. But also when you recognize when you're not present, you become present. Right? So that was the first thing. Another thing is I would recognize when I was in my mind, the, you know, the monkey brain, the, the mental mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, all of this is ego. So when I started doing that over and over again, the negative thinking started going away. Um, I stopped overanalyzing. I stopped overthinking because I separated from it and I started realizing this is ego. And then third step was, okay, so now I got to hang on this. I can recognize when I'm not present and I can recognize what's ego and not me. Third step was, okay. And, and every, a lot of you know, spiritual teachers say this when you're, when you want to be present or when you're at least focusing on being present, focus on what's around you. Like, what do you smell? The senses, right? What do you smell? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you see? And then, okay, let's say I see a tree. I'm going to look at the texture. I'm going to look at the contrast. And so I feel like um, focusing on the senses is um, a really good way. And also just taking a walk outside like several times a day, like that really helps becoming present. Mm. So those are my three tips. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, got Thomas niece in the house. We're going to, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what you just said. He says, happy Tuesday. You too, Thomas, where are my tacos? We want tacos. Alexis and I want tacos. It's taco Tuesday. Bring us he, says tacos. Here, he goes, I love these three steps. I love them. I love them. You know, what was funny is, is for me, for me getting in that space of being able to be in the moments and talking about the monkey mind, um, did I, we ever talk about this? Did you ever read, uh, two of the books that really helped me a lot was the, uh, surrender experiment and the, um, um, the surrender experiment and, uh, the untethered soul, both by Mickey Singer. Have you, have you heard of either one? I've heard of them. I haven't read them. No. So you got to read them. So for me, when you just said monkey mind, I would love to get your perspective on this. For me, um, he talks about being in the seat of the observer, like having all those commotions yeah. and everything else. And the way for me to really understand, I had to read a book a bunch of times, but he's like, okay, normally all these thoughts and everything are like going off in our brain. And we think we think we are those thoughts. We think everything that's going on. But in his mind, he's like, you're in the seat of the observer. You could sit there and go back and it's happening right here. So you can go. Yes. One of the, one of the biggest things that's helped me is like, that's an interesting perspective, or I'm choosing not to think about that right now. Like just sitting back and going, okay, that chaos doesn't serve me right now. It's been one of the most challenging things, but the other part of it is for me, I will ask myself, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this conversation? What am I supposed to learn about some of these thoughts that are going on in my brain? What are your thoughts on that? What to be able to slow that down and really kind of just capture some of that, that monkey stuff that's going on from the ego base and to be able to calm it down. Yeah, that is some of like, I mean, that's some honestly, like some higher level shit. And, and, and when you're able to, especially through presence, it's when you begin to observe how you're thinking, how you're feeling and how you're acting. 
there, I had this amazing experience where I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out and I was sitting on the floor and I was in, I was looking in the mirror and you know, like, I don't know if anybody else does this. They, when you're crying, you like look in the mirror and you're just like staring at yourself bawling. No, <laughs> no, you don't do that. Maybe, <laughs> women do women do it. I swear. You guys go to the, the, the mirror for the ugly cry. Yeah. You gotta look, you gotta watch the ugly cry. You gotta watch the mascara roll down the face. Um, but I was watching this and I, I kind of like stepped out of myself and I started observing. So I was crying, but then I was observing. So in my head, I was kind of laughing because I'm like, holy shit, I'm crying right now. This is beautiful. And so that's observation. That's just an example of observation mode. But like it is like once you start becoming more present, you start observing literally from moment to moment in your life. And that is the human experience. That is the human experience. Yeah. For me, and I love what you said, but for me, when I think about it, it just popped in my brain to be in the moment for me meant addressing something that was huge in my life. And when I look back on it now, I didn't realize until you just said it were the addictions that I had in my life because I wasn't able to be in the moment because a lot of what I was doing was trying to get out of the moment into a future place where I would be safe. For me, it was always usually alcohol. It was always like, okay, I will be safe when I have a drink. I will feel better when I have a drink. I will be, that was my short-term gratification to, to get away from the stuff that was going on in my brain. So much so to the point that ultimately I sat there and said, okay, I got to reconnect with who I am, but I didn't want to give up my alcohol. I didn't want to give up my short-term gratification because it was my safe place to go. If I didn't want to think of what I was thinking about, I would just go drink and go party and go do those other things. For me, when I got real, I had, a, I had my friends do this intervention with me way back in my early, it might've been my late twenties or my early thirties. And they did this, they were like concerned about me. They said, we, we, they said you might be a high functioning alcoholic. We're concerned about, you know, you doing some driving and doing stuff like that. I was careless and crazy. And I, I'm not proud of that, but when I decided to sit there and listen to my friends and really get real with myself and say, okay, what role is alcohol playing in the fact that I'm not enjoying these moments that I'm not, that I'm not fully embracing who Christopher is. And at first I was defensive and angry. I was like, what the fuck are you guys, you, you got your thing. You got your thing. You got your thing. I was able to pin it back out and blame them and get angry and all of their stuff. But when I started, you know, taking the first two months of my, the year and not drinking that, really caused me to to get real with myself and from that i started finding the beauty and not having to run away from my own thoughts have you ever had any of those experiences yourself or, or coached anybody through those experiences oh yeah oh yeah i mean for my own experience um i it kind of goes back to beliefs and identity too but i was like you know i actually wrote about this earlier and i was like i um i was diagnosed with adhd add depression anxiety and there came a point where I was like, I cannot function. I cannot get out of my head. And so I was like, and I was like, I'm gonna get yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get on Adderall. But the thing is, is like Adderall so bad. And, you know, for years I was fine. But after 10 years, like there's absolutely no way you don't get addicted to Adderall after that many years of taking it. And it took me a while. Like the addiction became bad. But there became a moment where I was like, okay, why – why can't I function with Adderall? Is that a belief or is that a truth? Mm -hmm. And um, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And luckily I um, had an amazing friend that, you know, helped me get off of Adderall, but like it was affecting all areas of my life because I got to the point where I was showing up to social situations, popping Adderall because I knew that it would get me through the night because I didn't want to be, I did not want to be present. I did not want to be fully there. Sober Alexis. And so, um, yeah, it took some time, but that was rough. That was really rough. So I do understand that on a deep level. 
and how do you feel now being on the other side of it? Because there's a lot of people out there, and I know there's people that watch the show that have different. And we could talk about sex addiction, uh, shopping, you know, Netflix. You know, it could be anything that you guys are doing out there, ladies and gentlemen, that you're running away from that real reality. Uh, talk to us about how that journey is now. I mean, yes, of course, when you're going through it, it feels isolating, it feels lonely, it feels like, okay, what the fuck is wrong with me? At least for me, at least for me, because I was, I didn't realize how much of everything I was running from. But the fact is that once we stop running, then we can deal and then we can truly be authentically happy in our soul. Yeah, that's, um, I think for me, I, I feel like there could be several beliefs behind the reason of the addiction or escaping reality, whatever it is. And I feel like for me, what it was, was escaping, um, like being, um, sorry, escaping emotions because for you know the entirety of my life, I was emotionally nurturing myself and I was escaping from all painful emotions. And so what Adderall did was it numbed me right up, especially right after my mom died. It numbed me up that I didn't have to deal with painful emotions. And so I had to know that, okay, I know now why I'm taking Adderall. It's not because I, I mean, part of it's like, I have an identity that I'm ADHD and I can't function properly in the world or be efficient in, in work. So that's part of it. But like the biggest issue was like, I just didn't want to feel emotions. And so once I was able to recognize like this was the main issue, then I was like, okay, but the thing is I can do this without Adderall. I can confront emotions and I don't have to do it all at once. If there was a brick wall, I can take one brick out. If this is feeling a little tough, put the brick back in but I can do that all within being sober. I don't need to use um, external sources to make me feel better or escape. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Susan says here, she says, I was diagnosed with PTSD with possible ADHD. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, 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 and to your point, um, you know, the, going back to the labels, I said that one time I was doing a brainstorm. I was doing a mastermind session here at my house with a couple of my dear friends. And um, I kept saying, well, I have ADHD, you know, so that's why, or, you know, they said, where's this and where's that? And I'm like, well, I haven't got that done because I have ADHD. And they kept getting yes. mad at me. And I was just like, what, what? That's, that's, I was diagnosed with it. And they were like, you've been diagnosed with it, Chris, but you don't, you don't, you get to choose whether or not you really align with it and that you believe you have it. Yes. And I was just like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Let me just sit down and fucking do the thinking man pose here for a second. Okay. So I've been diagnosed with something. I've been given a diagnosis, but it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a truth unless I say it's a truth because that's just your opinion, your professional opinion. But my friends were causing me like, Chris, you can choose to, to get out of that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily can, but it's going back to that. If the label defines me, then that's what holds me back. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, oh man, I struggle with this topic because I know there are so many people out there that do, they are diagnosed just like I am was with, you know, ADHD, anxiety, depression. And I feel like that truth to hear, like I heard that back then and I was like, no, like I was diagnosed, come on. Um, so that's kind of a hard topic to talk about because like not a lot of, not a lot of people are ready to confront the fact that they can change their reality. And also I'm not a doctor, so I can't, it's hard to talk on this subject. But you don't play one on TV, right? A doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I play, I tell people I play a doctor on TV. I tell them that in public and they're like, you're on television. I'm like, you don't recognize me? I'm like, no. 
<laughs> I'm like, you have to think about that, right? Uh, I told somebody I was in a band the other day, and I could tell they didn't know who Motley Crue was. And I said, I said, have you ever heard of a band called Motley Crue? She goes, I think my son listens to them. She, Are you in Motley Crue? I'm like, no, I'm not in Motley Crue. I just, just, just kind of look like it. Angel says, diagnosis does not equal excuses. Oh, excuse, excuse, excuse. Actually, we did have a we had a question up here. I want to go back to this. Uh, actually, Susan said here, my question is, what does abuse to do to who you are? Um, what kind of abuse? Uh, mental abuse, physical abuse. Um, you want to try to feel that one? Questions: What is abuse? Yeah, I would like to know, um, Susan, if 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 there's, I mean, is this just generally abuse, or yeah, I would love to know, like, is it mental, physical? Because um, I could go a lot of directions with that. I feel. Yeah, I mean, when I th when I think about that question, um, I think it's whatever it is that we allow. You know, we we truly can allow somebody else's truth to become our truth through our beliefs and, and through the relationship that we have with them. I mean, when you think about going again, going back to the parent situation, what do we want? We want our parents validation and their, their significance and everything else. So, Oh, you, if you say I have this, okay, then I have that. You know, I thought my name was shut up for a long time. I'm like, is that on my birth certificate? I don't know. Um, but for me, you know, when I thought about the fact that my mom told me I was stupid all my life and I'm like, okay, that's your truth. And when I had somebody who was powerful in my life sit there, say, Chris, you got to go back to school after being a seventh grade dropout. I was like, no, I'm stupid. You know that I'm, I was never good in school. So all the little, little particulars that, that went into that, 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 that diagnosis, if you will, that I was stupid. I picked up all the other parts. Oh yeah. I get beat up. I must be stupid. Oh, I make her mad. I must be stupid. Oh, I'm not getting good grades in school. I must be stupid. Well, I found out I needed glasses and I found out I had a hearing impairment. So I was like, okay, so yeah, I mean, um, no, you don't, the diagnosis and everything else is just a self-limiting belief. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about how we can reshape our beliefs into new truths. Um, yeah, that's my question, huh? So I was thinking about Susan's thing. I was like, I, I was trying to pull from my experiences on abuse and I was like, what, how, what does it do to you? Cause, um, okay. Childhood sexual abuse. Okay. Yeah. You know what? She's had the lazy Susan of it. Yeah. Wow. I'm Susan. so sorry that you experienced mm. that. I do have an example. Um, and it, it's, 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 it's one that, um, I heard from a mentor, a coach, and it really hit me hard because I was like, wow, because I suffered with the, I suffered with this question as well. Because I'm like, well, how did like if you, if they say everything is for you, how could these things be for you? Right. Right. Um, so there's this woman and she did mentoring for quite some time and she kept experiencing. And, and sorry if this is like too raw, but like she kept um, attracting experiences where she was sexually abused or raped. And she kept thinking, like, why do I keep attracting these experiences? And through um, the inner work and, you know, pulling up the patterns of the habits and, um, you know, her own, I'm trying to, like, word this correctly, her own experiences, she found that the problem was she wasn't, um, she didn't feel like she could protect herself. Um, and that was the underlying issue. And so all through life, she was attracting these experiences for her, but she didn't realize that she just didn't feel because of her dad saying that you're weak, you can't protect yourself. All of a sudden, that is an underlying belief. And all of a sudden, she's now attracting these experiences where she couldn't protect herself because she she wasn't protecting herself. And maybe she wasn't able to in those experiences, but that was the underlying um, issue that she was actually dealing with. It wasn't the physical experience. Does that make sense? Mm. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're spot on. And, and Susan says here, exactly. You know, I think about that. Um, you beautiful segue because I wanted to talk about this. Um, when I think about my own healing journey, um, and I think about, you know, the process for me to let go of a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of ego, uh, for me was to have forgiveness and empathy for people in my life. And back in the day, I was not a forgiving person. I was, I was, I was very much the type of person that you're, you're in my good graces until you really fuck up. And once you fuck up, you're gone. Like I wish my sister well in 2005. I'm like, okay, you, you've ran out, you've ran out of your exes. See you later. So long. Bye. Um, but in order for, for me to release a lot of the animosity and anger and resentment that I had in my life, I had to visit that forgiveness. I had to visit that empathy and really try to put myself into other people's shoes, which I did not want to do because that was not powerful to me. It was like, why do I have to put myself in your shoes? Your shoes are your own fucking problem. My shoes are right here and they're pretty damn comfortable because I'm in control of the situation because I'm angry at you. And if I'm angry at you, then I can blame you. But once I started really realizing, and again, from the perspective of my mom and writing this book, and healing, healing from, I didn't realize what an impact that my relationship with my mom had with my relationship with other women. And it was like, oh, okay. And I found myself like, you know, not painting other women with the same brush, but I realized what would it take for me to have forgiveness for my mom? And so for me, it was being able to walk a mile in her shoes to be able to sit there and say, okay, if I'd been through everything that she had been through in her life, might I be like her? And as much as I did not want to say yes, I did. And I was like, okay, if I'd been through the, all of her experiences and around the people that she was around, might I be like her? Okay. Yes, I would be. Okay. Then is it necessarily her fault? And can I find empathy and forgiveness for her? And through therapy and through, you know, talking to a lot of successful people, I was able to, you know, it wasn't hundred percent because I still believe like there were certain opportunities for her to do things and change things. But at the same time in recognizing the whole of the journey, I'm grateful for all the different situations that I went through because it caused me to have that introspection and it caused me to have that truth. It caused me to have that vulnerability. It caused me to have that pain in order for me to heal truly to where now I probably have too much empathy and forgiveness for people because I just understand that everybody's on their own journey, trying to figure things out for themselves and it's no harm or foul. Hey, I'm here to help you and, and get you along that journey. But what was that for you? Did you have to go through any, any empathy and forgiveness in your journey to be able to, to become the person that you are today? Oh my gosh, so much, so much. I mean, so I grew up with a mother who suffered with alcoholism and um, a, dr a drug addiction. And of course there's, you know, abandonment issues there and all kinds of stuff that comes with having a mom that's just unemotionally available, but also like growing up in a very tumultuous um, childhood. And I, you know, when she passed away, I had to deal with a lot of um, things that I wasn't able to talk with her about. And so, for me, it was like, yeah, stepping exactly what you did. It was stepping back and it was like, okay, why was she this way? Why was she suffering? And really putting myself in her shoes to understand that like, it doesn't take away how much she loved me. And I feel like, ooh, you know, emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See the Ron and scripted show, baby. Yeah. Um, Where are my so tissues? Like, yeah. Um, my forgiveness and my acceptance of the situation came from understanding. <laughs> See, I made you laugh. Pass it over. Um, yeah. So my, my forgiveness and my acceptance came from understanding that like she had her own life. She, she had her own experiences and whatever she, she went through was really, really hard on her. And that's why she, you know, looked to drugs and alcohol to, um, to heal her pain, which it didn't. Um, and that wasn't my experience. I didn't need to personalize her experience because whatever she was going through had nothing to do with about me. 
and that's how I was able to forgive and uh, forget. Mm, nice. You, you mentioned something before, and I want you to talk about it. What got you into becoming a coach and, and creating your conscious ascension program? Where did that, where did that all stem from? Oh man. So, um, I love this question because it's like, it lights me up and I'm like, yes. Um, so a little background, I, I already said like my mom passed away. Um, she passed away in 2015. I went through a really dark, depressing spiral. Like, oh my gosh, it was like the, one of the craziest times in my life. Um, from 2018, I, um, long story short, I was introduced to the metaphysical world. So, um, psychic and mediumship and astrology and human design and all of like the, you know, the unknown. And it just intrigued me. But I kept dipping my like fingers into everything. And I'm like, this is interesting. This is interesting. And I was getting shiny object syndrome. And but the thing is, is like, there was always something missing. And I was like, what is missing? Like, I feel so much resistance with everything I do, because I really thought I was like, I'm going to be an astrologer. I'm going to be this. But I, I just couldn't, you know, dive. Uh, I just couldn't dive all in because something was missing. Mm -hmm. And so come this year, I was experiencing like anxiety and I could feel it in my chest and it was like killing me. And then I felt like all these emotions and emotional roller coaster coming in. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with me? Like, I am not an emotional person. That's what I identified with. I'm not emotional and, and I'm like the chill one, but like what's happening to me. And so I dove into, um, some different modalities. I, you know, I got a, got a mentor and I started learning things about myself and I realized like, Oh, what was missing was myself, my connection to myself, my connection to my feeling and my body. And so I was like, this right here is powerful. And I was like, I got to teach this, like my experience, my knowing, because I didn't read this out of a freaking book. It is my experience. And I was like, this is why I'm going to coach because I know this could change lives. I know that sounds so cliche, but like, this is why I do what I do because I went through it and I know I can teach others to do it. Well, awesome. You. Awesome. So what, what are, what are some of the top modalities that have worked for you and mostly for your coaching clients? Cause I've got a couple in my brain that I want to talk about, but uh, based on what you were just saying, but what are some of the ones that worked for you best? Yeah. So for a basic, uh, um, sorry, a basis, I look at human design and I look at Enneagram human design is um, basically it's like, astrology and I Ching and Kabbalah, it's like all, it's a combination of modalities, but it's like on steroids and it helps under, it helps you understand how your energy operates in the world. It's very personalized. And, um, I love it so much because like when I tell people, even skeptics, I tell people about their human design and they're like, Whoa, how do you know this based off of like my time of birth? It's mind blowing. So that's human design. Um, Enneagram is amazing because like you can take a test, anybody, anybody on here, you can take a test online, um, go to any of the Enneagram sites and Enneagram is, um, basically it pulls from your childhood wounding and it tells you a lot about, you know, your stress indicators, childhood wounds, um, your fears and also your strengths and your weaknesses. And I feel like self-awareness, I mean, that's a good start to become more self-aware as Enneagram. So those are the two that I, um, use. Um, when people come onto my program and then from there, it's all personalized from experience. So have you done traditional breath work? Yeah. Have you? So, oh yeah. So describe it, describe it for our viewers and our listeners who might not know about it. Yeah. 
I mean, you might be able to explain it better than I, but um, I have a friend that actually, he works with Aubrey Marcus. Um, oh, yeah. He does somatic breath work. And so I took one of his classes. I've done it a few times. It's not something that I um, personally do all the time, but I, I definitely saw um, the benefits of it. But I, I remember going into the class. I feel like we talked about this, huh? I remember going to the class and like, I'm like, you know, I'm open and willing, whatever this is, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's do this. And we sat there for an hour and we're like, <gasps> like basically like hyperventilating. It was like crazy. And there's like a chick on the side being like, bah! like <laughs> speaking a different language, but it was like so cool. Cause I was like, I don't know what's happening over there, but whatever is happening, she is releasing a lot for me. Um, I was releasing a lot of physical um, pain and energy that needed to like, I needed to let go from my body. Um, I know a lot of people doing breath work can release a lot of um, um, emotional tension, even trauma. So, I mean, I, I'm not an expert in it. What do you, how would you explain it? basically that same thing. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not an expert in it because I didn't know shit about it until my buddy Scott came out here from Austin, Texas says, we're going to go do, we're going to go hang out with Emilio and, um, I just forgot her name. Beautiful couple here in the Southern California. And, uh, we're going to do some breathing, some breath work. And I'm like, okay, all you source hippie guys are like, usually <sighs> listening to some cool music. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do some breath work. So we go over to their house and I knew I was in trouble when I saw mats and pillows and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, are we taking a nap? What's going on here? I'm like, okay, we got a spot for you, Chris here. Get comfortable. We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to, uh, it's going to be led by this guy. He's famous online. So they put on this house music and I was just like, okay, we're going to breathe to that stuff. It was like technical, <laughs> technical, technical, technical. Fuck, why do I keep saying that? techno um <laughs> i'm like okay this is weird but one thing i've learned in my life is to surrender and again to be in that moment before i would have said "Fuck this i'm gonna get out of here but just that feeling of doing something that i am uh like i'm, a, I'm not an expert at um something that's vulnerable something that you know kind of you know is frightening in a way was great for me so i sat there and i'm like you know what chris you came here to experience life let's do this Let's yeah. not, cause I, I thought of everything I can come up with and I'm like, okay. So I laid down there and the guy's sitting there giving us like these caveats. Like you might feel like you're going to pass out. You might feel like you're going to have a heart attack. You may have people, you may start screaming. Your, your body may convert your body all the, for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? What is this? We're just going to be breathing. Right. And so long story short, like you said, we get into this and I was like, Oh, we're going to hyperventilate. Oh, nice. I'm going to hyperventilate in front of a bunch of people. I can't stand being, you know, confined or, or being incapacitated unless it's with alcohol, of course, because I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool ride, but I sat there and I'm like, you know what? Let me just see where this journey takes me. Let me just do this. Let me just give it all my gut. And I literally was, I, I stayed on the edge, but I remember for those of you guys that are watching this, it was this, this box breathing. I was like, <sighs> You just kept doing that. And they said, oh, within 15 minutes, you start, you might feel lightheaded. Honestly, for me, Alexis, within, within two minutes, I was like, this is not going to be good. I don't want to do this. Oh yeah. My hands started doing this thing. And to your point, I started hearing people crying. I started people like laughing and all this other stuff. And I was just like, I was on the edge of, of still being able to kind of get myself out of it. But for me, what I learned is the fact that, you know, when we surrender, when we surrender to find the greater beauty of things in life, that's where the, that's where the universe says, okay, you're ready. 
So, and I, and I joined, I joined a, a breathworks class with a, with a dear friend of ours, uh, Sarah Novak. And every single week we showed up on Sunday night at uh, four o'clock and did that. And it was just like, it was so crazy to be honest. I haven't done it since then, but just from experiencing that and experiencing that vulnerability to let everything else go and not be in control has helped me so much in the other areas of my life. So it's not like I would, I would, I would go out there and, and, and say it's a great thing, but at the same time, I would say it's great for anybody to experience because I know people who have gone through it and they've released a lot of emotional baggage. So I'm not sure. I think that's cool too, because I feel like a part of it, it's like, yeah, you can do breath work at home as well, but I feel like <clears throat> as human beings, like we want to, we want to be around other people. We want to have connection and recognition and status and, and a tribe. And so doing breath work and like releasing trauma and like you're crying or laughing or whatever you're experiencing, having those feelings in such a safe space with others, like is so powerful. Mm -hmm. It is. It's more, it's like tribal. It's, I mean, that's part of like the humanities aspect of it. We got to get together in groups. And yeah, when I was doing it alone in my, in my bedroom, I was like, I felt awkward and I was like, all right, my son, apparently I did not know this um, because I had my eyes closed and everything. Apparently my son, it came in through one of the breathworks class and they said they saw it on the iPad because I had the iPad set up there. Like your son was just looking down at you. I'm like, <laughs> He's like, where's dad? Like, what's wrong with you know? this guy? <laughs> what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Like what? I explained it to him later. I said, daddy was breathing and trying to just find my center and my, all my chakras and all that different stuff. I still don't know about that stuff, but I saw, I saw Ray sitting here saying, thank you. And I looked up, we've already been talking for nearly an hour. No I literally way. thought we had been 20 minutes into the show. I'm like, okay, I've got a couple of other ideas. We've been talking already for 56 minutes. That's wild. I, that is wild. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Hopefully it know, doesn't for just, others either. <laughs> They're like, just hopefully it doesn't for either others either. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, oh, Steven, uh, Steve. hey, we got Steven right here. He says, uh, I've worked with Alexis and it was one of the best decisions of my life. Learned so much about myself and had so many breakthroughs. Thank you, Steven, for being with us tonight. Steven and I have to connect because that's the Steven you wanted me to connect with, right? Yeah, that's Steven. Thank you, Steven. Thank you, Stephen, for being here and sharing that with us. Susan Day said back up here. She says, oh, wow. Um, and um, yeah, she says here, I would pass out. So in the interest of, of supporting everybody's time, um, I, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but will you come back on the Raw Next Scripted Show and talk more with me? Absolutely not. Cool, cool, cool. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, shot through the heart. You're to blame, darling. You can know. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to shift gears for a minute. We got a few seconds because I, I, I definitely try to end on time. Um, what's next for you? You know, you're on this journey. You, you're leaving corporate. You've made this jump. Um, you're teaching people to how to ascend. What is next for you? What is 2020 going to bring for Alexis as far as your continued growth in this this spiritual journey? 2020. I mean, 2022. <laughs> My brain's still in back and trying to fix the last couple of years. Um, that's a good question. Um. I want to continue coaching one-on-one. -on -one. I think I'm going to do some uh, group coaching, but I would love to um, eventually um, build retreats and build, build a space for women and men who um, want to dive deeper into their self-awareness or yeah, self-awareness and healing. Um, so that's on the docket. There's so much more, but like, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here. Like, so, Hey, if you want to be a part of my retreat as like a teacher, you are more than welcome. So my question is, do you, yeah, you want in? Oh, of course. I would love to. Okay, great. A retreat teacher. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Can we play Metallica? Heck yeah, we can. Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. Is that a retreat? Unskinny Bop? Skinny Bop? 
Unskinny Bop. Poison. I know it's before your time. <laughs> awesome, my dad. Unskinny <laughs> Bop. Poison. <laughs> Michaels. Oh, that's so many stories to tell you. So many stories to tell you. Um, <laughs> so where can people get with you and continue the conversation? Okay. You can follow me on Facebook. Oh, you can follow. Yeah, you can go to my website. That's neat. You know, my website, you can go, you can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I'll let him do it. Oh, I didn't give you that one, huh? You follow me. It's all the same. I am Moonchild Official. Um, also, I have a conscious leaders group on Facebook that you can join. Um, and please reach out. I would love, even if it's just to have a conversation, I would love to talk to any of you that see this. If you um, feel the urge to reach out. Yes. Reach out, reach out. So is this the one? Um, Facebook.com. Yep. That's, that's my one. Facebook. You can cool, even cool. friend me on my personal Facebook. Awesome. 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 The point is, ladies and gentlemen, connect with Alexis. Most definitely. Yes. Uh, go, go check it out there. I am moon child. For those of you guys listening to the podcast, of course, www.iammoonchild.com. Uh, Instagram at I am moon child official. Um, and of course on Facebook, I am Moonchild official. So go connect with her. All right. So final thoughts, cause I still can't believe we've already been talking for an hour. It's crazy. I mean, sometimes these shows go by really fast, but I literally thought, okay, I probably got about 20 minutes left and I was just blown away. Um, what are some final thoughts to help people? It's the holiday times. We got everything going on in the world around us. What are some simple strategies that we can get people just to get reconnected with themselves and kind of let some of this extraneous bullshit kind of just go away and just focus on the holidays, focus on the moments and just focus on, uh, making 2022 their best year ever. Um, the first thing that comes to me is of course presence, but I feel like in, um, especially like you said, during the holidays and letting things go is, um, just another tip on becoming more present is I feel like a lot of us, because we are in our heads so often and letting the ego run the show, what I like to do is really focus and listen to the other person and ask questions, um, because we are making those connections and we are with family. And even if we're not, we are, you know, there are relationships around, we're in relationship with everybody, right? And so um, another way to become present and let all the nonsense in your head go is listen and talk with others and really pay attention and be there in the present moment. Be there in the present moment. Listen, listen, listen. Absolutely. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me. There was this kid. Listen, listen to me. Leave her alone. She's mine. There's the part of the part of the joke. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> So yes, uh, Susan Day says here, yes, please. And of course our sister from another Mr. Angel says, great show, Christopher and Alexis. You're both awesome. Have a great evening, everybody. You too, Angel, be safe out there tomorrow. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Alexis McQuellen on the Raw and Unscripted Show. Don't go anywhere, darling. I'm gonna put you back in uh, the green room. Enjoy some M&Ms, enjoy some, uh, some fresh whiskey. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend. I look forward to more conversations with you both publicly and privately. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't go anywhere. I'm gonna, um, I'm going to close out the show. Poof, look at her, she disappeared. She's like, whoop, there she is, there she is. <laughs> Catch her when she's picking her nose. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just have one question for you. Should I keep the cans or should I go back to my ear monitors? I stopped using my ear monitors because the damn things got all tangled up and then they pop out of my ears. That is not the important thing to talk about right now, Christopher. Here's the important thing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Alexis and I just spent an hour of our lives talking to you about what it is that you can do in your own particular journey 
to change what's not working for you. And that change does not come easy. It does not come overnight, but here's the opportunity. Is it going to be challenging? Absolutely. When you face the truth in your life, when you try to reconstruct the truth in your life to really see it from the different aspects of where it came from, is there growth in there? Absolutely. When you think about the growth that we've experienced in our lives, and I want you to really think about this, did you experience the most growth when things were easy or when they were challenging? Of course, when they were challenging, because you got through that obstacle. And for those of you guys who haven't, haven't watched it yet, go watch The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. It's on YouTube, um, The Hero's Journey. Um, it's an amazing documentary. It's about an hour and 11 minutes. And what it's going to teach you is it's going to teach you that The Hero's Journey is this thing where we we go off and we set, we leave home and we set off in this exploration. And then we go through these battles and these tribulations and we, and we learn all this new stuff. And then what do we do? We go back and we teach everybody at home how to get through these situations. That's how I've been able to do what I do in my life is to be able to take my trash and make it my treasure is to repurpose all that different stuff so that I can help other people go through that same experience. Anytime that I'm going through stuff, the stuff that I'm going through right now in my life, I know that I'll be able to help my coaching clients with that very same stuff as well. So for me, I have this keen curiosity to say, okay, what am I going to go through? What am I going to grow through? And what is, it, what is it that I'm supposed to learn so that ultimately I can find that ability to enjoy these moments? Because ladies and gentlemen, life is passing by like that. I was just watching an interview right now and it was talking about the, the the expanse of time and the fact that we're here for like a blip. Our little 80 and 90 years here, we're here for a blip. So if we're here for a blip, why not enjoy every aspect of those blips? Why not let go of some of the stuff that's not working for you? Why not let go of the anger and the animosity? Why not sit there and dig into some of those short-term gratifications that you have? What is it that you're running away from? Ask myself, ask yourself, what is it that I'm running away from? And better yet, when you change the questions that you ask, ask better questions. What is it that I want to run to? Instead of running away from something, what is it that I'm going to run to? Right? For me, I run to every single day and I start the day. You guys have heard me talk about this. If you haven't heard me talk about this, here's what makes you uh, successful in life. Wake up and before your eyes open, say what you're grateful for. Just the fact of being grateful that your eyes open and your feet hit the floor, you're a million five ahead of the game. And that's a long story, but I can tell you about that. So before you open your eyes, what it is that you're grateful for, grateful for. And then the next part of this is what are you going to do with your intentions, right? We're often looking at, and Alexis and I talked about a little bit, we're often looking about like owning our life and like, what do I have to do to be safe and secure? What do I have to do to make this money and, and achieve this level of job and, and get all this stuff? And when I have all this stuff, then I'm going to be happy. But if you're not happy with where you're at right now, if you can't find gratitude and everything that you have right now, anything you add to that is just going to create more issues and more problems for you. So why not really open your mind and your perspective up to setting the intention every single day of just enjoying these moments, not just enjoying these moments, being in these moments, right? If, you, if somebody's talking to you, instead of thinking about the next thing you're going to say, how about truly, truly listening, listening with the desire to understand and be able to reiterate back to somebody, hey, this is the perspective I hear you sharing. Is this true? That person's going to feel validated. They're going to listen. And if you have a different perspective, you can sit there and say at that moment, hey, I have a different perspective on that. You know, can I share that with you and have you give me the same courtesy and listen and understand that? Sure. Okay. And you start having conversations. You start sharing stuff. You start being heard and listened to. I set the intention every single day that my words and my actions are going to make a positive impact in the world. I set the intention every day to enjoy the moments and not be so caught up with the outcomes and the, and the results and everything else to really enjoy the process of whatever it is that I'm going through and growing through. I set the intention every single day to be present and playful with my son. I set the intention every day for me to, to care and have love and concern over my body as opposed to just trashing it. So when I'm in those moments where I'm potentially not in line with my intention, I ask myself this question, is what I'm doing right now getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? 
So if my intention is to be productive and to, to make the world a better place, but yet I'm sitting here browbeating Chris Cuomo and, and all these other you know people in the, in the news, am I setting the intention of what it is that I want to attract? So what is it that you want to attract? Who is it that you need to become? Who is it that you want to become? Who is it that you desire to become in order to achieve all of those things right now? And what you have to achieve to become is just to be present and to give yourself massive love massive love and respect for wherever you're at in your journey, whether you're just starting today, or if you've been on the, on the journey for the last two years, or the last 10 years, have love and respect and compassion for yourself. Give yourself a break, enjoy your moments, but most importantly, get around the people who are going to lift you higher, create higher vibrations for yourself. Like myself and Alexis, reach out to Alexis, connect with her. If you're sick and tired of having the same conversations with yourself that you do every single year around this time, oh, next year, I'm going to do this next year. I'm going to do this. How about this? reach out to her, have a conversation, see if there's an opportunity for you to work together. Because trust me, I would not be sitting here if I had not had coaches and, and masterminds and, and mentors and, and, and beautiful people in my life who lifted me up and called me out on my excuses and my bullshit. How about that? So there you go. There you go. Uh, Susan says here, she says, running to something is scary, but it's also exciting, Susan. It's also exciting. I was Disneyland yesterday. I went on a couple of scary rides. I was like, am I scared or am I excited? I'm excited. Okay. End of story. I'm excited. I'm going to be fine. So you got to have that sense of excitement. Susan, uh, she says time to get back up. Yes, 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 yes. Do what makes you happy right here. Your own advice every single day. I promise you guys, it's called compound interest, compound interest. You sit there and you focus on what it is that you're going to do today. Who it is you intend on being At the end of the day, you do a recap. What were the wins? What were some of the challenges? What can I do differently tomorrow? Wake up, set that intention and keep that process going. And I'm positive that you will find inner peace and happiness and a massive com com massive confidence in your life. And if you struggle with that, please reach out to myself and I would love to have the conversation with you as well. So that's it for the Ron and Scripted Show. I love you guys. If you're not uh, following us on the um, the podcast, of course, you can go here. You can go to www.christopherroush.com podcast. Uh, you can see the different shows. You can see this show, which is the Ron and Scripted Show. And then you can also see my other show, which is the Unfiltered Experience. Anytime you have other questions, you can go just to ChristopherRoush.com. All my events are right there. Everything's right there. My group coaching program launches January 11th, all brand new. I would love to have you guys a part of that. I'm taking only a few selected people in there, probably six to eight. I want to keep it intimate and beautiful uh, for six months. We're going to do some heavy transform transformation. So I love you guys. Uh, Angel says here, hundred percent go out there, be beautiful. I love you guys. This is the Ron and Scripted show. I'm Christopher Roush and I wish you all the best. We'll see you here next Tuesday night, 7 PM Pacific standard time. Go out there.